Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey, hey, RJ, it is World Championship time. Yes, it is. It's uh, quite exciting. It's, it is. Uh, it, I think it was weird because, you know, we had the two-week break and then yeah. um, it kind of went off my head. And then the day before it started, I you know, you get the pop-ups on Biathlon World and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. I was getting pretty excited about it. And yeah, I've watched pretty much every race so far. Um, I may have missed first five or ten minutes in some cases, but uh, it's been a, been a lot of fun to watch in some some cases just looking at a gray screen, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of to be expected in, in Oberhof, but uh, uh, no, it's been really good so far. Yeah, the weather was gorgeous for the mixed relay and for the, it, uh, was, yeah. it was decent for the women's race and then the fog came in and, and uh, yeah, I was joking during uh, one of the races, <laughs> Tarjebu seemed to disappear into the mist and, uh, and then, I, and know. then I, I just totally lost track of him, but yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was curious though. Um, I think for the was the sprint for the women was that the first one in the in the fog, right? It was cloudy, but it wasn't foggy. Okay, maybe it was a different race then. But it was the first race that was really foggy, mm-hmm. and it seemed like it was only half the crowd there. And I wonder mm-hmm. if the fog has a really reducing factor on the the sound volumes or mm. the way it carries, because it it really felt like there was hardly anybody there, especially when. Um, German athletes were shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was almost like a, some sort of weird delay and not as loud. But I wonder if that's just uh, humidity in the air and yeah, the just, sound just doesn't travel. damps everything down. Yeah. yeah. Where the, depends on where the mics are. Yeah. You know, I, I, this actually, it's one of my one of my big thoughts was seeing the, the crowd there on the mixed relay day. And, and I was like, man, we got to go. I know. They're just yeah, the best. It's, well, every, like... We talked about the wet on the sea as well, just before yeah. Christmas, and that that looked amazing this year. And um, yeah, I think any World Cup would be amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and obviously next year we get uh, we get Soldier Hollow and and Canmore. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I just I just really want. to I go don't think to it Europe will be that crazy. No, neither do I. I just want to go to Europe. But, uh, I want to go to any of them. Right, just, mm-hmm. just any of those, and I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, we had our last. Uh, well. Tomorrow is our last biathlon practice, and then they're basically shutting the, everything down for the for the IBU Cup already. Like so no more practices for anybody, and the whole area will be closed off. And they but, gotta, uh, you know, get ready for the massive crowds. Yeah, but I'm I'm just really really crossing my fingers that uh, the weather is going to cooperate because mm-hmm. I think the last races they've had here, they've had um, cancellations and. Because it was just too cold, but I mean, today I was in Camor, it was plus six Celsius. So, hmm. um, well, it's about know. the same as it was in, in Oberhof. Yeah, but it's very untypical here. So, oh, very, yeah, right. Yeah, but, no, no fog there. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> no, there's. We've had it on Monday nights just from the snow machines. So yeah. there, there's. Yeah. I'm not worried about the snow at all. But uh, yeah, I just hope it's not going to be one of those weeks where it's like minus 30 every day yeah i think uh i think the the luck might be running out in oberhof too because i think it's going to be pretty well above freezing the rest of the way um mm. i think several nights it's not even going to get down to freezing it's supposed to rain a couple days so mm. um 
that's kind of disappointing. It's but. just unfortunate. Yeah, that just I mean, you have so many volunteers to put all the work in, and I mean, I was happy they're still racing, but because uh, I heard they were they were seriously looking into canceling it. But uh, we'll we'll get into that a bit later on. But uh, mm-hmm. yep. So, any one particular thing in a positive way and a negative way that stood out to you so far? Uh, I'm going to go with, well, many, many things. Uh, but honestly, uh, uh, Denise Herbenwick winning the, the sprint mm-hmm. race, uh, was, it was pretty awesome. It, you know, going into the race, if you were going to pick any, any race that you thought the Germans were going to have a chance at winning, that was the one, you know, her in the sprint, you know, she's, she's been so good this year. Um, and then, but you could also sort of feel the, the pressure was going to be there too. Uh, just, mm. you know, being in front of the German fans and, and it was really amazing that she was actually able to come through and do it by two seconds over, uh, I know. Yeah. Over Hannah. So, um, yeah, I thought that was, I, I, that was really cool. I, I didn't expect to feel as excited about that as I ended up being. Yeah. Well, and I, I thought about it later cause, um, she's, well, she's been with, with biathlon, uh, with the IBU for quite a while now, but, before that, she was quite a successful skier as well. So mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, you still bring that experience of, of dealing with crowds and um, not getting too flabbergasted with you, right? So I think mm-hmm. that, that's definitely a benefit to her. But yeah, to so calm as she stayed, it was like really cool to see. Because you, yep. bl- you wouldn't blame yep. her if she would miss the last two shots just because of the pressure. But uh no, that's that was really cool. Yeah, it just, and nice to see Hannah back too. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. it just it, for for Denise, it just felt like a perfect day. You know, it was like mm-hmm. it was it. I mean, and she left the range. You know, after after that, the lot of the standing shoot, and like she obviously knew she had to go all out. I think at the time that she left the range, there were still a couple of women behind her. Hannah being one mm-hmm. of them that had a definite chance of beating her. I think at that point, Tangivold had gone perfect through prone and, and actually had a better time that at that point in the race. Um, so she really had to go all out on the, on that last lap on that third lap. And, and she did like, she, she came across mm-hmm. the finish line and she was done. Like that was it. Like there was nothing left and it was enough by <laughs> just the slimmest margin. I think I somebody posted, it was like the slimmest margin in a sprint race for the women at the world championships ever. Really? Yeah. So that was, uh, I was just, it was great. It was cool to see it. And and the German fans were obviously just beside themselves. Yeah, and um I just that that's almost the thing I I I dislike about the sprint is that um yeah, two well, two point two is maybe too much already, but it gets to that point where, you know, the the person starting later has that ben- the benefit of knowing mm-hmm. what the goal is sort of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm I'm assuming that, that <laughs> Oberg, you know, they always try to go as fast as they can. Yeah. And maybe when it's half a second, you can push a little bit harder. If, if your coach is like, you know, you're just a half a second behind, maybe you can just add a little bit to it. But in the end, they're, I, they're probably, I'm assuming they're at their max all the time of what they can do. So, yeah. And, and, and yeah, no. And, and the, that was the other cool thing about uh, Herman Wick's performance is that she was not surprisingly the fastest on the course, but, that it was by 12 seconds. I think I was mm-hmm. a little bit surprised about, I mean, she just crushed it. 
it was just awesome. And yeah. then the fact that it was even that close, I guess, speaks to how incredible Hannah was on the range that she was able to pick up 10 seconds, just, you know, and, and her efficiency mm-hmm. getting, you know, with the shooting, I, I, they both were amazing at the thing that they're amazing at. Yeah. And right. And it came down to two seconds. That's it's the world championships. It's what you want to yeah. see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was cool. Um, and then, and then sort of branching off of that, I thought it was really amazing. It, were, it was fun to see the, the German fans and the German team celebrate, right? Like they were doing that. I don't know if you saw the videos of it, but this like train dance, like, at- yeah. So I actually talked about that today. So in Dutch, and I'm guessing that there's a similar word for it in, uh, in German, it's Polonaise. Uh-huh. So and it, um, so they also celebrate uh, Carnival, which uh-huh. is uh, usually I think the 11th of February. Uh-huh. But it's it, it's uh, where you know everybody dresses up and there's a lot of partying going on, and mm-hmm. a lot of those parties end up with um, people going in a train, and you'll see it <laughs> at the October Beer Fest and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had a couple of canadians here that were like what do, what the hell are they doing but knowing that that's not uncommon yeah. there um it was fun to see though yeah I, no they yeah. were it was it was awesome they they had the the whole you know the a, a great team energy they they're yeah. clearly having a blast hosting these uh hosting these games and and they're doing awesome well i can think of somebody who's not having a blast on the german team i can't imagine folk being very happy about how things are going no, no, obviously not. There was actually, I, I was having a conversation with somebody earlier. Do you leave her off the relay? Well, you almost have to. Yeah, well, I mean, you got, you know, Herman Wick, and then I would put uh, Schneider and... Um, Cabinger. Uh, Cabinger, Cabinger. Yeah, yeah, I would put them both and on. And then, you know, you and then could have folked on, but I mean, or her shooting H- is not Hattic. even reliable yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Hattic or... Yeah. I, and uh, it's... What could what would concern me a bit is that um, last or the yeah the season of the Olympics she had she was having a good season but then mm-hmm. she's kind of um, didn't perform all too well under the pressure at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So I I really hope for her that it's not like a a pressure thing, like the opposite of peaking at yeah. uh, the big championships. Because uh, you know, as as they're showing, Kebinger and uh, Schneider are already knocking on the door. Oh, I think they're beyond knocking on the door. I think they've yeah, I think well, they've, they've opened I, it. I, I guess through. it's more like you know, it's <laughs> awesome what they're showing right now. But can yeah. they do that a whole season? And I'm I'm a big believer in the um, yeah. what do you call that in in the states? Uh, the sophomore dip. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, the first first season, everything is new, everything is mm-hmm. exciting, and it's full of energy. And then the the second year, everything becomes more serious. You get more media attention, that kind of thing. And then, yeah, and there, often they just have a bit of a dip, and then it sort of balances out after. But yeah, no pressure as a when when it's your first year, nobody expects anything right. of you. It's all fun. But then the second year, you come in, and, and people are talking about folk challenging for the overall. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's uh, suddenly it's not all fun and games. You know, it's yeah. just a little. A little more challenging, but you I saw wonder too. Lagride actually last year too. Yeah, he, he obviously yeah, he ended right. up second, but he started off the year a little rough. Mm-hmm. Well, and I wonder with Folk if it if she's just been really working on getting her ski speed and shooting speed up, and yeah. now that's sort of everything it seems to be a bit of a mess because her shooting is not the the reliable shooting that we've known from her, and mm-hmm. um, 
the ski and shooting speed is not there still either. So, yeah. As but. it's, it, I really enjoyed watching her last year, so it's kind of hard to, mm-hmm. hard no, to see it. Be, you know? I'm sure she'll get yeah, back she'll on bounce. it. But, yeah. but, you know, I think we've talked a lot, maybe not a lot, but we've mentioned in the past the Germans not feeling like they had a whole lot in the, uh, in the, uh, the pipeline coming up, but mm-hmm. I think they've got a number of, of young women who are showing right now, right? Imagine Vogt getting back to her potential and, and Kebinger and Schneider, and there are a couple of juniors or IBU Cup who are performing well, so um, they've got yeah, they've I don't know why those, train coming. why those girls were then last year that they felt like there wasn't much coming, but... Oh, they're there now. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I was just going to say do you want to move on to the, the next big thing? Yeah, go ahead. I, I have a couple of other uh, things that I could say here, but we'll we'll save those for later. Are you sure? Yep. All right. Uh, is this the is this the JT Bow World Championships? Well, what would really scare me is uh, I think it was in today's interview that he said, um, you know, obviously the shooting went well, and it's nice to see that the form is coming back. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? It's coming back. The form is like, <laughs> it's improving. It's like, wow. <laughs> I don't know if that was just a thing to say to scare the, the rest yeah. off even more, but because I, I quickly checked it and I forgot it already, but I think today he still had the fastest shooting time. Is that right? I don't know if it was the fastest shooting time, but. Oh, he was oh, sorry. Fast. Course time, course time. But that's, course time. that's not true. He was not. He was, he was not uh, the yeah. seventh or something. Yeah. Because I originally thought he was. Well, he's so he was thirty-seven point six seconds behind a faster skier, Fianello. Yeah. But well, he was. He was. He was like cruising on that last lap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He yeah. was. Uh, he was dapping up the the wax mafia. He was stopping at the finish line to <laughs> to pose. And honestly, Take a bow I, and, great yeah. man. Like he earned it. Oh. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I don't know, like, and yeah, this may be a good time to self-promote, but I was, uh, you know, obviously I spent quite a bit of time on on analyzing how to beat him. And of course, you come to the conclusion that he's pretty much unbeatable unless he starts missing, but uh, it was fun to do. And I was pretty excited to see that on the Biathlon World app in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, it must be so... And we talked about this before, like Lagrade and and Taribo, they they had really really strong races. Mm-hmm. Yet it's still yeah. not enough, right? No, oh. no. Taribo raced out of his mind in the sprint, yeah. right? Like especially considering how we were talking about him after the first trimester, and he was still not even close, right? Seventeen seconds, I think it was something yeah. like that That's... after the sprint. Lagrade today, what else are you going to ask of him? He goes twenty for twenty. He yeah. had to be one of the faster shooting times, decent, uh, you know, on the skis, and he lost thirty seconds. Well, and he mostly lost it in the last lap, right? Was it? Because I, 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 I didn't think see the it first all. three laps he was, I wouldn't say on par, but close. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I found impressive. Where um, I got the impression that he felt that I just have to go all out right from the start, otherwise. Yeah. It's no use, and and that he still yeah. shot clean after that. I I, yeah. I thought it was just really really good. I I don't want to spend too much time on Lagarde right now because I want to get back to Bo because I think it's worthwhile to spend a little more time there. But Lagarde 
in the sprint race, his second lap was exactly on time with Bo, which hmm. in, I almost felt like when I was watching it, he went clean prone and I, and, and Bo had the miss and he was like, all right, this is my chance. Like I have to go if I'm going to do it. And so yeah. he just went all out. And then, you know, by the time that he got to the standing shot, I think that, that Bo had already, obviously Bo, he was in bib one, had already mm-hmm. gone clean. And I, it was almost like you could see Legride was like, well, I'm not going to win. Not, yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and just did not, you know, he, I think he was like 30 seconds slower on the, on the lap three. I'm probably exaggerating, but it was, it was pretty pronounced. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very, like, he is such a positive, like yeah. he's super, like it must be frustrating you know, oh, yeah. to have yeah. to deal with this. And he's still super happy. He's, he's the first one to go over to, you know, honest thing is to, to congratulate him. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, I don't think you can ever say that he's not trying his heart out. Oh no. Right? He's clearly trying his heart out. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, and, and today, right. Like, like you said, he definitely for the first three laps was, he was going right. And he was yeah. shooting clean and it was <laughs> still not enough. Cause what are you going to do when, the greatest one of the greatest ever is uh yeah is also going clean i just don't, don't know what to do no it, it it's almost to the point where you know you almost want him to miss to to have a bit more exciting race but at the same time <laughs> like how can you not appreciate it i i thought with the sprint um and and not to take anything away but he was pretty lucky like sometimes mm-hmm. they have like edge shots one you know one or two Mm-hmm. And I think he had four or five, yeah. but yeah. you know, it's a, at the same time, you often see that with with winning teams and winning athletes that you kind of yeah. the margin is yeah. yeah. But um, the way he just went for it, even today with the pursuit in the four shooting, yeah, I know, like he like didn't take extra seconds. time or anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. like boom, 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 and out of here. Yeah, he just knew. I you know at that point know. he's in, he's in that a, must he's be in a such a cool feeling, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> It reminds me of, you know, I grew up watching Michael Jordan play basketball and, and like you'd see these times where like he was just feeling it and he would just shoot his free throws. He would close his eyes and shoot free throws. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it must be awesome to be that great at something. Oh, I know. To just, to just have that feeling. Yeah, it's just. I've uh, had he, one night where for whatever reason, my first standing target in practice fell every time. And we did a lot of standing shooting yeah, that night. Yeah. And to the point where. I I had one or two shots where I just knew they were not like I'm like okay these are misses and it would be down again, and it was just so weird. But you get this this feeling of it doesn't matter what I do, it's going to fall anyway, and because of that, you're probably relaxed and mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. It was a really weird feeling. Yeah, it's probably well, as close like as that? I will ever get to <laughs> to, to that like, kind of feeling. But can you imagine feeling like that on a regular basis? Yeah, it's, like, uh, it's just it's wild. 29 for 30 you mentioned in the you know how much you have to hope that he messes up in order to beat him mm-hmm. and he went 29 for 30 like you just you literally yeah. have no chance well and then to the point of you know he needs to miss two and yes. then you have a chance it's yes. not like yeah and then you'll be ahead 20 seconds because he could still you yeah. know put a little extra on and and make it a fight so well, yeah. that last lap, his third lap in the in the sprint, was just unreal. I, you know, because they were they were pretty. Everyone was like pretty relatively close, like leaving the range, and he just like sprinted away from everybody. 
It was like he had rockets on his skis and just. Yeah, was it just a Taribo that stayed relatively yeah, close Bo. in the third yeah. lap? Yeah. Like everybody else just got just got punished. Yeah. Yeah, and even Taribo was eleven seconds behind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it's incredible. He's he's one of the best to ever do it, and he's at his all time peak. Um I'm going to uh real quick I want to mention somebody who tweeted at both of us earlier today. Um it was uh I apologize. Uh, Judd Lewis uh, asking what was the most individual race wins in a row. Um, and because uh, uh, JT Bo right now is at eight, if you include the World Cup and now the World Championships. And I just briefly went back and I think that the record is eight. So he has tied uh, Bjorn Dahlen in 2004, 2005. Because how many did... Um, oh, QFM last year had six pursuits in a row, Just, yep, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you, you, there were a bunch when I went back, and and you would see somebody would win like five out of eight, and those mm-hmm. other three he'd be like second or third. But right. I, Bjorn, Bjorn Dahlen, not surprisingly, Bjorn Dahlen is the only other person to have done it. Hmm. I went back so to what, 1980. So do you so, think he's gonna? Well, right. So it's the individual up next, which you would say mm-hmm. is his weakest. Yeah. But he still has now twenty kilometers worth of skiing to put on everybody else. I don't know. Well, he won the last he individual didn't he? like this. Yeah, what does it matter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. I just you know, if you get into that zone where you cannot imagine yourself not winning. Yeah, I think we're at the point where, regardless of what he does the rest of the year, the gear goes down as one of the greatest seasons of all time. Oh. Right, I, yeah, he's I, now eight in a row. He's won. I can't even. I can't remember what the numbers are anymore. Out of well, every sprint of the season, every sprint of the season, there have been sixteen races, and he's won thirteen of them. Yeah, and I know. I I get it. That I think for a lot of fans, it gets boring just watching the same person win over and over again. And I I totally understand that. But I think right now, I just I'm appreciating yeah, I how amazing this is. I prefer to think of it as. Uh, it makes it less interesting, even though it's probably similar to boring. But I, I don't want to call it boring because, I mean, it's yeah. beautiful to watch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it just takes the excitement out of who's going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, and, and eventually often, oftentimes, we'll... oftentimes the excitement out of who's going to get second because Lagride is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always in second. Yeah. Oh, but, man. Uh, um. So one thing that I that that really stood out to me so far is I I cannot understand. So Samuelson with his barrel being loose, and then um, uh, yeah, oh I wrote him down. Harula, Harula, the yep. shooting because it didn't have a spare right. I mean, your, your race is shot anyway, but yeah. So apparently they didn't have his the team spare rifle. Uh, there because of all the meetings they had just before the race to discuss if if it was going on or not, um, and if, I think eventually they bought one from Austria and he got a ten minute penalty for uh, <laughs> not doing the penalty loops and I'm like, well, what do you expect? <laughs> you know, yeah. after laying on that mat for what ten minutes, 
he's like, screw that. I'm not doing five loops. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it just felt so amateuristic almost. And the yeah. same with the barrel. Like I, 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 I get it, but at the same time, I really don't get it. Like at a world championship. That needs to be. I would assume that not, not even if it's the athlete themselves alone, mm-hmm. like wouldn't, uh, a coach or, a technician it's, like it's wouldn't also, they it's, it's sweden right like they've got to have an equipment guy or woman who looked at it i would think more than one like, but well yeah that's what i mean but it's not like this isn't like like it's not like the the guy from spain right you would you know yeah. not necessarily expect him to have all of that staff right but like sweden definitely has it and yeah. the fact that like coaches and equipment and and samuelson himself like everybody missed it like that's yeah yeah and I mean, I, I find it hard to relate to how loose is loose. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've had a loose barrel once, and when I just picked up my rifle, I'm like, mm, that doesn't feel right. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming it was tighter than that. If Did he, you see, so I'm not calling him a liar. That's not at all what I'm doing. Did you see his, like, he actually posted the shot chart? Nope. It was actually a pretty tight grouping. It's just not accurate. Right. And I don't, does that... I, you would know better than me. Does that fit with like a loose barrel? Well, again, I, um, so a loose barrel to me means that it's constantly moving. So I don't know what they mean with loose barrel. If yeah. like, it wasn't super tight. So maybe somebody knocked it. And then of course your zeroing is out of whack. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, you know, half a millimeter, that still makes a huge difference. So if everything yeah. was in the same location, but just, was it, was I? I did see some chart. Was it top left? A lot of a top left, or was yes, it a different yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. So maybe just uh, put it just slightly out of whack, and yeah. um, but was stable enough not to really move around. Yeah, yeah, that can happen, and it and it's frustrating when you're, you know, you're confident yeah. that because you can tell sometimes you have a shot where you're like oh yeah I don't even have to check like I, I know that was bad. Yeah, but you also have the shots where you're like. That would have been dead center if if it wasn't yeah. for something else, bad yeah. zeroing or wind or whatever. And it's so frustrating when you, like even today, I had like probably at some point three shots in a row where I'm like, those were like dead center and didn't even bring the target down. It's just so frustrating. Well, and, and then I guess that speaks to your point, right? If he had that tight grouping and like he probably thought the shots, like they probably everything felt good. It just wasn't. Mm-hmm where he expected it to end up. I mean, I, it's frustrating and the for weird him, thing was frustrating be- for the team. Yeah, because he hasn't had the greatest season uh, with regards to shooting, but also in general. I wasn't shocked. And, you know, it it didn't stand out to me initially where I'm like, okay, well, he's just having a really rough day. But then when you hear that later on, it's like, uh And it's, yeah, so I was very happy for him today with his uh, bronze medal. But... He's team. Did you notice that you know how they often have the the top three together in sort of the finish area to take some pictures and that kind of thing? Um, he, I know what you're talking about, but I don't. He I just didn't seemed see really him. mad. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't pay attention tonight. I don't know why that would be. Uh, but he definitely he seemed, wasn't. He didn't seem very happy. Let's put it that way. And I, yeah. I heard somewhere else that. Um, 
he there was something against the Norwegians. So I don't know if, if the Norwegians made fun of him or whatever for this, or maybe it was alluding to something else early in the season. But um, I know that other- Swedes and Norwegians are, you know, there, there's some historic uh, rivalry going on, but I never yeah. thought that would get to the point where they, they don't get huh. along or anything. But The other day after the mixed relay, you probably saw this, but Bo said, asked if Samuelson still in the penalty loop. Um, uh, maybe that was so it. maybe that was it, but that, I don't know. I, clearly he was just having a, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't. Hmm. Yeah. I just, I, I, I just expected him to be elated, you know, jumping up oh, yeah. and down. Cause you know, sort of a season back after what's been happening so far. And then yeah, he just seemed, yeah. Just sort of deflated. It's like, okay, I'll do the picture. Now I want to get out of here. That, that, yeah. that, expression but uh, yeah you know and and the season has not been what like you said not been what he would have expected or wanted but no it was a great race you know it was like came back from 11th he looked strong the entire time totally yeah you know and and didn't at any point looked overwhelmed by the moment and right didn't seem to get too anxious but you know except for the everybody missing the two shots on the that was weird did you notice this everybody missed two shots so you had uh, and the pursuit, Bo goes through clean. Lagride goes through clean, and then you had Christensen, Tari oh, Bowen, group, and Dolly. Samuelson, and they or was it Dolly? They all missed two shots, and then you huh, had the yeah. the group behind was uh, Kuhn and and was it Dolly or Christensen, whoever the other Norwegian, and they both missed like two or three shots. And it was like all these guys had the opportunity to get the bronze. And yeah, it was like yeah, everybody yeah. everybody had the misses, and I don't know if it was just the exhaustion of of the the moment or if it was just to get a little bit tight knowing that the metal was on the yeah, line the pressure yeah 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 so it yeah, was i just don't remember seeing that it was like nobody <laughs> nobody wanted to step through the, the door and grab the metal i know yeah but good for samuelson when he had oh, the opportunity yeah. like you know yeah he still went out and got it yeah and well beat, beat a, maybe a, a this is one of those situations where he can grow very quickly to his normal potential just mm-hmm. now finally today everything came together and yeah even if it's just for the rest of the season to just have a season at at the level that that we we know we can do so yeah finish out strong and come back next year and be back at the top sweden sweden's actually having a pretty nice games with the uh hannah's silver and lynn pearson's bronze and now samuelson's bronze i love the interview with Lynn Pearson again. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you have to watch it because she's just so funny and yeah. so, so, um, authentic. You know, yeah. she just says what, what she wants to say. There's no, I'm sure she has had some media training, but it doesn't seem to bother at all. She just says whatever. <laughs> she had the training. It didn't stick. <laughs> yeah. Or she, yeah. It doesn't care. I, no, I, no, I no. just love watching her interviews. They're just yeah. funny. Yeah. And, and she's not like offensive. It's just, Oh no, she's no, just, but she's very herself. honest and yeah, yeah. yeah Have very you noticed cool. too that? Um, so they usually do the uh, you know couple questions from the IBU person, and then they always end with any other questions from the from the room. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's never a question. <laughs> so I, I don't know. know if it's just you know they respect that the athletes just want to get out of there and uh, you know get warm and and do their uh, cool down that kind of thing. But I just I. Even at a world championships, I would have been expecting that at least some people would have some more questions, but uh, 
Well, from what from the from the things I've seen, there's nothing. When we're there, they're gonna get really annoyed because we're just gonna keep asking questions. <laughs> yeah, uh, one more question. <laughs> uh, one more. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, um. Uh, another thing. Uh, uh. Speaking of bronze medals, uh, Royceland. Did you see how excited she was giving the well, bronze? Yeah. And you get it because she didn't even really know if she was gonna how she was gonna react this year and and then but. You know, she's won so many gold medals last year at the Olympics, and then she wins a bronze this year in the World Championships, and and it felt or looked like she had just won the won the gold again. It was great. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. You you can just tell that it just means almost the same depending on. It was such a different context where mm-hmm. probably at the beginning of the season she didn't even know she was going to do the World Championships, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and she ran over. She jumps in her husband's arms. Uh, that was like, it was just really like a very genuine moment, you know? Yeah. Obviously, he's wearing yeah, the Germany was... jacket, which was funny, but. Wow. They're, they're just, yeah. you know, hey, well, the what, what I said earlier with, with the, you know, the Austrians saying, oh, take just take our rifle and, yeah, you know, I don't know. I think that happens a lot. And yeah. I'm not sure if it was, um, somebody was talking about how, uh, Campbell Wright because he trains a lot with the Americans that they're mm-hmm. basically seeing him as part of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I might have been Chad or somebody else, but uh, I think that happens a lot where there's just smaller nations that just kind of work together. And mm-hmm. Lotte Lee has, has mentioned it, yep. working with, with the Norwegians. and mm-hmm. So, yeah. it's And I genuinely feel that typically other coaches and stuff, they're always going out right away to to uh, um, celebrate or, or not celebrate uh, congratulate the other coaches if mm-hmm. their their uh, athlete wins and stuff so do you remember Matthias mentioning that when the Canadian men won the relay and he talked about all of the coaches immediately coming up to him to, to congratulate him and yeah just, yeah it's just a, a it's really cool to think about how that is happening all the time you know at these races mm-hmm. we just don't see mm-hmm. it because it's off the screen yeah, and I think now it's you know Zygmunta is a is a very um, well known example, but there must be so many you know coaches that switch to different nat- nations yeah. to help out, or or yeah. um, I think um, Baiba has mentioned that the uh, or was it uh, Johanna that the the waxers in uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the waxers in Estonia. Are really good. Sorry. So they've they've yeah. worked with several other nations and yeah. And I think so, that I think that Baiba even works with like the Swedish shooting coach sometimes. I I you know and, okay. and there are Norwegians coaching in Poland and Finland and Czech Germany Republic. obviously. Yeah, right. Uh, women's Air, um, Air, Ireland, mm-hmm. the coach of the Czech women, mm-hmm. and uh, and and uh, Marco Gross is uh, sorry Rico Gross, not Marco Gross. Rico Gross is in slovenia right and uh yeah so it's he was in austria before right yeah so there's a lot of yeah overlap in that in that way yeah that's just really did you see what hofer did today uh i did not what did he do okay well he raced i was just curious if you remembered uh how he did because it was kind of a he he came in 28th in the sprint Mm mm-hmm and what did he do in 35th in the pursuit? No. Am I seeing it right? Yeah. 
So really makes you makes you wonder if uh, if this is the last last championship for him. Yeah, it's hard. He's been injured all year, and and I remember even in the off season he was sort of questionable about coming back and. Yeah, yeah, but he went trained with the uh, the Swedes, so yeah. I thought that kind of felt like, oh, I just need a sort of a new new energy to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. get ready for it again. So he's so, getting up there. Yeah, talking about guys getting up there, man, Ader, <laughs> as fast as shooter. Um, you know, I think he had one miss today, but yeah. he's clean in the sprint, I believe, and. The man still you, got it. Ski it, speed, maybe not, but... Well, did you see all the Austrians look slow on the skis? Like, they mm. all looked like they were moving in slow motion. Um, so I don't know if, if maybe there's some sickness going on or... Or the wax, or the right? Because, I mean, bad, the, yeah. if you compare the French women, the race today where I think all the French were super fast and gliding super Very fast, fast. And, and yeah. in the sprint, it didn't seem that way. Mm. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like, you know... Uh, Komatz and, and Hauser and, and Ader and everybody was going backwards on the skis so uh, tough day for the Austrians but yeah no yeah. Ader, Ader can't beat him on the range no still yeah well and as, I think especially with tough conditions it helps when you have lots mm-hmm. of experience and um, nice. amazing just, to begin with yeah you can have yeah. lots of experience and be bad right <laughs> well yeah that's, that's <laughs> a good lots, point lots yeah. of good experience <laughs> Yeah. Um, one thing, uh, speaking of, of, I mentioned sickness there. We have several women were sick, you know, with Elvira and Vitazzi and Ukulek all dropping yeah. out of the, the pursuit. Hopefully that's not the start of a, you know, a little bug going around. Chain so, reaction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hopefully everybody's able to stay healthy. Wow. And hopefully just a small thing so that we can still see them. Yeah. At least, um, at least in like the mass start for Elvira yeah. and, and, uh, and Vitazzi and, or in the relay. But that does bring me to like, it kind of bothers me that, um, you know, for whatever reason, maybe we'll get into that a little bit more after this, but if, if somebody cannot start and mm-hmm. it's not like a five minutes before the start decision, yeah. um, I just don't understand why they cannot say, okay, number 61, you're on. Yep. Number I 62, totally agree. you're on. Like yep. we talk a lot about, um, the beauty of biathlon is also in the the, the depth of the sport or the, the breadth, or how do you say that? The yeah, smaller nations also, you know, having a chance and that kind of thing. And and, and this is, you know, because I, I wrote down some names of people that were, um, so in, in the men, it would have been Christo Seamer, Tachizaki, Jakob mm-hmm. Fuck, and Lombardo. Yep. And other than Fuck, um, and I think Tachizaki, I've seen him before. Like Christo Seymour and Lombardo are, I think they're, you know, not in every pursuit, let's put it that way. So why take that yeah. opportunity away from them? It's not like they're going to, you know, take the gold medal and people are going to be like, well, they didn't even officially qualify. Mm-hmm. Like, is it that hard to say we're not going to take the top 60 of, 60 of the sprint? We're going to take the first 60 that are ready to start on the pursuit. Uh, yeah. They're, they're all there, right? They're all, yeah. they're all on location. And then, you know, right. for the women, like Vitazzi announced the day before she wasn't going to race. So, right. You know, but I is think, it like other than, yeah, five minutes, but 
even if it's two hours before the race. Let's say yeah, just, just have like if that rule's in place, you, you know you're 61st, 62nd, then yeah. just say, just make sure all your gear is ready to go. Uh, mm-hmm. You may not start, but if we have somebody not starting, then you can just yeah. jump in the back of the line and at least still have the experience. Because I think that's for a lot of athletes is uh, it's just the experience of doing it so that when they do have an opportunity in the future and they actually have a really good sprint and then then it's not going to be their first pursuit ever. Nope. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I just find it a bit of a... I totally agree. Missed, ...missed opportunity. And I think with the women, Susan Kralm, and then there was a a Finnish, Kinnunen, Kinin, mm-hmm. and then Baiba Bendika would have been the, the third who would have, have actually... Yep. ...would have gone in. And uh, I felt really bad for Slatemark, of course, also for Vitazzi and... and uh, Elvira. Uh, Elvira. But, uh, you know, it's, Slatemark so, is not somebody who qualifies every time. So to, to actually nope. make it on a world championship and then having mm-hmm. to yeah. decide not to race. That, yeah. It had to be such a hard decision. Yeah. But yep. I guess it's, that's just the rules as they are. But, uh, I did, those are just things where, where I'm like, it's, I, I can't see anybody being against that. No. Yeah, it's like it and benefits everybody. You, just, you give a, a handful of athletes just a, another experience and yeah opportunity. So and like you said, it's not going to upset. Like if somebody were to go from fifty ninth to the podium, like that would be a mega all time story, right? I mean, like, well, and then they deserve to be there too. Yes, anyway, right? right? So <laughs> I think uh, I think Dole went from like fifty fifth to fifteenth today, and that was amazing. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know to. I don't know. I think he probably maxed out his potential. I don't know that he could have made it, <laughs> you know, all that right. much higher. But um, yeah, he had yeah. the third isolated time today, and yeah. Roman Reese fifth. The Germans, the German men were good today. Yeah, right. Because yeah. uh, I think Strello was up there, and and Kuhn was top ten. So that was. I think they had four in the top fifteen, somewhere like that. Yeah. Hopefully they they've shaken off the rough start. Yeah, but get, getting back to the IBU for a second, you know this. Would, Clearly, the the IBU and uh, and uh, starting uh, you know allotments is a little bit of a difficult uh, thing because it seems like there was some communication issues with the um, quotas. Uh, to put it mildly, yeah, everybody was up in arms on um, was it on Tuesday or Wednesday about who was going to be able to to start the races and uh, Ziggy Mizay. But I kind of missed the uh, the prelude to that, so. Was it that the rule was always in place, but it had been misinterpreted by the other nation, like the the Norwegian Federation, no. and the French Federation, or was it that they changed it last minute? Or uh, they changed the interpretation of it last minute. So I think the way that it was it was believed to be interpreted, and 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 Ziggy Mose said on Twitter that he, they had asked many times and been told that their interpretation was correct, but um, was that the um way that the rule was written was so just to ensure that the the previous winners and like the top whatever number i can't remember off the top of my head mm. are in the race not necessarily to make sure that extra people are added whereas the ibu apparently intended it that you would get an additional person on top you know uh on top of your quota so so in this case i guess norway ended up with six for the sprint and because of the way Norway had interpreted it, 
uh, Philip Field Anderson had gone to the IBU Cup and then had subsequently gotten COVID. So then uh, Andre Stromschein uh, was mm-hmm. called up, and so he drove in there at the last minute, and apparently that's not a problem for him because he went like 22nd and 13th. Um, <laughs> it's like, they could probably just <laughs> announce, you know, in the stadium, is there any Norwegian here? And they probably still make the top 20 or something. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, so you kind of feel bad for him in that in that instance. Um, but like the Swedes mm-hmm. had no idea that they had an extra person and just chose to leave it open because they had nobody that was. But so it's just because they had a somebody from their nation won last World Championships. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Because I know get, they were talking about uh, Tira Lakoff that even you know even if she would just do the only race that she was entitled to a spot because she won the last time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I and I, I wondered if that was just specifically for her or for any Norwegian, and I assumed it was just for her. Apparently, it was for any Norwegian. Uh, yeah. Talking about her, um, I was a bit um, confused, or like, wasn't it last week that there was a video of her finally back on the skis and big smile on her face? Yeah, yeah. And then now I heard that uh, there's more and more rumors that she may retire because she's just still dealing with a lot of insomnia because of still the effects of COVID and that things aren't going very well. Um, I, I know you always have to be careful with, you know, if you pick up a few things here and there on Twitter or on yeah. uh, on shows, but I, I I don't know. I was just really, it made me feel sad because, you know, yeah. there seemed to be a bit of positive news yeah. about her and um, yeah, that. It's funny because there's other athletes that are not there that I, you know, I, I wish them well and I hope that they're going to be back soon. But Tiro Lakoff is really a personality I miss on the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I so. completely agree. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that uh, she she filled a she filled a role right as sort of a uh, just a, a bright positive energy for mm-hmm. the sport and was definitely a great advertisement for the sport. Just yeah, you know, people would see her and you were drawn to her energy right and absolutely yeah and and i think that was a really good thing and we definitely mm-hmm. miss it right now uh speaking of ekoff uh that uh, reminded me of uh, uh tangible um and you know obviously she she had kind of an interesting first week here at the world championships she started off with the the penalty loop during the mixed mm-hmm. relay which norway was still able to overcome but uh and get the gold medal but it made the mixed relay a little more interesting yeah, uh, because it made you know Lagride have to have his amazing amazing leg and and then and then Tangervolt she was in the first position going into her standing shoot and then with a couple of misses she bumped down to I think she finished um, eighth I think eighth yeah so yeah. she was a little bit further Which back is still not that that bad no I mean I mean no. the time back was bad but yeah yeah and then uh, and then today she ended up fourth just behind Roysland. And mm-hmm. did you see her when she crossed the line? No. She looked completely dejected. Like just, just, I, I, if you go back and look at it, like anybody, like she just looks like, like comes across, like her shoulders are slumped, just like head down, just looks like totally defeated. And it's like, man, you just got fourth. Like I, I, in watching her, I was like, wow, that was awesome. You know, especially with the way that her championship started to then bounce mm-hmm. back and, and put herself in, position where she almost got a medal and clearly she is just i don't know just feeling hmm. a little bit weighted down and, and it wasn't again, just that she was completely 
No. Spent? No, because she put something on Instagram too about how she just felt hmm. rough. Right? It just yeah. It was just it was hard to hard to see that because she also is somebody who can be so positive yeah, and so yeah, yeah. so energetic and and just to see her looking like that, you just you feel bad. And 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 again, like I'm I was really excited for Royceland's bronze medal. So this isn't anything mm-hmm. to say about you know if Royceland hadn't been there, blah blah blah. But um, it was just it was just sad to see that that was her reaction to finishing fourth was just feeling like ugh. Yeah. But. It was nice to see Lampage do a pursuit for. A oh, change. she did. Yeah, <laughs> didn't go great, but she did it. Was it? Did you send that tweet out where she had made a comment about uh, that her goal? in the pursuit was not to it, be laughed by it wasn't me but i enjoyed it yeah <laughs> yeah i oh, yeah, appreciate I'd... i appreciate her sense of humor yes but that she was... was um i mean she did have four penalty loops but she was 50 seconds behind the fastest skier <laughs> that was a bit surprising to me yeah and she wasn't all that fast in the sprint either uh, so i don't know if i don't know if she's could be wax but yeah who knows um, um, I wanted to do a shout out to especially the sprint uh, with Emma Lunder in eleventh. Yes, it was yes, an amazing result. Kind that of was very just, cool. Uh, Make me think of Contelati. Yeah, she had a great start this season, and uh, Moser qualifying for the pursuit. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, great to see. And um, I actually wrote down all the results for the North Americans. Um, yeah, Paul Schumer was decent, wasn't he? Paul Sharma was 31st in the sprint yeah. and 57th in the pursuit. No, is that 52nd? And I think uh, I forgot who it was on the women's side. There was one who qualified. Was it Deidre Irwin who qualified for the she did, yeah. pursuit? She did, yeah. She qualified as 55th and finished 57th in the pursuit. Yeah. Um, yeah, the rest of the U.S. men and all the Canadian men didn't... Uh, didn't qualify. Not having the greatest yeah. world championship so far. But, um, yeah, we're missing Jules. I know. Yeah, that was hard. Yeah, <laughs> missing uh, our first year without uh, on the American side without Claire Egan and Susan Dunkley, mm-hmm. too. But uh, Claire Egan is there as a, I think she's writing for a faster skier. So uh, if you oh, want to okay. check that out, yeah. Yeah, so she's been... Is she still... Um, a representative is, on the board of skiers or a board of athletes or something like that? She is, yes. Yeah, yeah she right? is. Yep. It's probably her last year. I think she's right? also going to, if she's not on the athletes committee, she might be in another position as well. She, she's oh, very okay. involved, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, I don't know her, but she definitely seems like a, a good person for that. Yeah, yeah. A good a yeah. good voice to, to have on there. Mm-hmm. Um. I was just going to briefly uh, jump through a couple of races just because there were a couple of people. I just, just like one line shout outs. Sure. Um, if that's okay. So in the mixed relay, um, I mentioned uh, Legride had an amazing leg uh, bringing Nora back, but it was from 50 seconds and he put them in the lead uh, when mm-hmm. he was, when he was done. Um, and then I thought that uh, on the Italian side, the Italians got the silver medal in the mixed relay. And uh, I thought, uh, said uh, Bayanaz uh, in mm-hmm. the third leg, uh, that was probably like the race of his life, um, keeping Italy right in it. I think he was. Yeah, I think he was right on time with Lagride um, when he started and and ended up, or maybe not right on time with Lagride, but he was like in the lead or right, when when uh, when he started and 
uh, only eight seconds back when he finished. So that was pretty awesome. And then, and then I thought it was cool. Jacamel uh, went head to head with with JT Bo and and matched his, matched his final shooting. But you know nobody if can keep o- up with him. If on only, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So, but that was really big. That would have been eight. an awesome race, eh? If yeah. uh, Jacamel yeah. would have been twenty seconds ahead. Oh my god! Right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean you know it was, it was a big moment being able to go you know with that pressure moment and, and oh, totally match the shooting so, so yeah i would see like 24 i mean big things coming from him i think we're see 22 John yeah Mel, he's young very young anyway i thought that was pretty cool uh and then thomas mckiska for the czech republic um he held the czech republic in fifth place and he went uh i think he had like one miss at the end and he really he didn't have time to have any other misses, and uh, but mm-hmm. it's kind of nice, you know. Held them in the top five. The Czechs are having a a good world championships are they in, ever? in general. Are yeah. they ever? Yeah, yeah. Um, anybody else from the mixed relay? Uh, in the, I guess more negative. I was disappointed for the Swiss. Yeah, they just didn't have a have a didn't good have race, it. So nope, no. Canadians were Austria, what? Eight? Are we Austrians fifth? Were they fifth? Fifth or, or sixth? Or even? Yeah, they were. They were up there. Uh, they had a good fourth. race. They were fourth. Or fourth, yeah. And yep. then Canada was eight. Yes. So yes. Yeah. That was very that was good. Cool. Uh, Ader Ader actually had a very good closing leg for Austria. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to see the old man. He just won't quit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the women's sprint, uh, we covered a lot of the big things already, but uh, I want to mention uh, uh, Polona Klementic, the the Slovenian, finished in eighth, and that was by far her career best. I think the the best before that was seventeenth from earlier this season. So pretty mm-hmm. awesome to on on the biggest stage to go out there and and have that kind of race. I think that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I had written down Sophia Schneider as well. Yes. Oh yeah, when she German was seventh, yeah. and Lotte Lee uh, after being sick. Oh, yes. And- you know, having taken some time to recover, and as we've seen with other athletes, it's not that easy to come back from uh, COVID. And luckily for her, it's it's working out well so far. And she was twenty first shooting clean, so that was really nice to see. It was, yeah. No, and she's she's not um, sprint is not her best of the disciplines, right, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was that was a really great uh, really great sprint for. Her. And uh, I think right now has her in position to qualify for the mass start, hmm. uh, which would be, I think would be her, probably her best bet for a good finish. Yeah. And I probably shouldn't bring up that Magnuson beat Hauser. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that has slipped my memory, but. Okay. Yep. Uh, men's sprint. We obviously mentioned the Norwegians dominating. Getting, but uh, was awesome. Yes. To see. Yes. Right. I had forgotten. And he had knee surgery just in December. Yeah. I saw so. the interview with him. He was, uh, I don't know, it seemed to me he was quite emotional for obvious reasons, but also, like mm-hmm. you said, like he wasn't even sure if he could participate and what, what form he would be in after surgery and, you know, to pull out a fourth place. Uh, and it, you know, they were saying, you know, every, every, like, you can't imagine anybody not being happy for him, mm-hmm. especially being oh, Ukrainian, yeah. right? And, yeah, that was that was awesome. Um, yeah. So I think I think he had a meniscus repair, which is you know at minimum like two weeks, and mm-hmm. then uh, having to basically start over and get to fifth place in the world championships form. That's 
it's awesome. Yeah. That's a, a great, uh, great couple months of training. Uh, one other uh, athlete, female athlete, uh, Arna oh. Clive. I, oh, I was very yes. impressed with her. Yes. Um, also in the pursuit today, keeping up with the the front for a while and. Because didn't we talk about her when she won the? Did she win the Euro European Open championships mm-hmm. or even the last IBU Cup? Yes, yeah. And uh, so it's great to see that you know she she makes a very strong impression on the the senior level. Well, keep her in mind because I have a question for you right right okay. as our as our closing question. Okay. Um, other women. Uh, I I oh this is my my big thing. Did you see the the top ten for the women? For, for the pursuit. No. So I'll read it off for you. It was Simone, Herman Wick, Royceland, Tandravold, Sophia, uh, Sophie Schneider, Lou Jean Monod, uh, Teresa Vorbonikova, uh, Kebinger, um, and, uh, Sophie Chavot, and then um, I forgot who was in 10th. I apologize. But of those, uh, everybody but Herman Wick, Royceland, and whomever was in 10th, whom I've forgotten, uh, are 125. Yeah, twenty six or below. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was I was really uh, happy to see both young French girls oh, yeah. up there again. Cause, oh yeah. You know they kind of I kind of lost track of them sort of um, on the sprint because they weren't mm-hmm. having the best races. But uh, I'm I'm assuming that this the first World Championships at this level. So to come back like that was really when- strong. Chavot, best course time and by a pretty wide margin wow yeah i just i that team is very i just i i love how many young women they've got i, I think between them and the germans and the swedes <laughs> like thinking of justine Brejean boucher it's like like are what we the hell? actually going to see her back or is she <laughs> yeah. just going to go back on the ibu cup first or oh, we're man. talking about the fastest skier of the last season i know I, they're just so deep yeah thank goodness they get six slots but they could use they're like the norwegian men they could use a couple more yeah yeah. Um, and then uh, for Bonakova, that was her career best in seventh place. Mm. I mean, that's her career best by by uh, uh, a decent bit. So I think it was like twenty first was her her best before this week. So mm. uh, and and, and Kabinger, So yeah. Ah, and and that's just a lot of young women just doing awesome races. Yeah, I still. Uh, I think I mentioned it a couple of episodes. Ago, I still want to do some research on the U25s over time, but uh, oh man, yeah, I should have uh, some the, time now. Now that that article for the Biathlon World is done, should have a bit more time. They, there's a, a lot of U25 talent on the women's side, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, so so sorry, I'm making a sidestep here, but no, please, because we talked last week about that um, meters per second distance. Mm-hmm. Like at, at first sight, you're like, well, it's 0.5 meters. That's but when you think about it, every second, mm-hmm. half a meter, Se- half a meter, half a yeah. meter. After ten yeah, seconds, he's five meters ahead of you. Yeah, and that, and that's and that's just the average field, right? So there's about half the field. It's more. It's gonna be so frustrating. So, uh, yeah, kind of wonder what anyway, it would be for sorry, me. That was uh, like you would you would actually be able to watch him pull away from me. In just like three seconds, and be, <laughs> be like watching me race a. Well, race. you'd be like, "What was that?" Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> see some some snow coming Flying. down again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, 
Uh, well, uh, speaking of Tar or uh, J T Bo uh, in the pursuit, um, we already talked about his dominance, but uh, I just want, there were a bunch of guys who who did these like crazy like risers, like we mentioned Dole coming from fifty fifth to fifteenth, but uh, Jesper Nellen from forty fifth to twenty third, Seppola from forty seventh to twenty fourth, and um, uh, Jeremy Finello would have been even higher. Uh, the the number one. Uh, uh, skier course time, right? Yeah. And uh, one of, if not the highest, uh, isolated pursuits. Hmm. Well, I, he wasn't the highest because that was JT Bo, but um, he <laughs> he had five misses on his first standing shoot. I, I don't know what happened. He only wow. had one miss the rest of the race. Wow. Yeah, just kind of strange. But um, actually, what I really wanted to mention though was, did you see QFM in this race? Started out. Ninth. I I wrote down that QFM is kind of a disappointment so far. Started out started out ninth, ended twelfth, and had seven misses. Yeah, that's just a weird race. I know. Well, and talk about him, Jacqueline, who I actually uh, yeah. kind of anticipated that he would have a strong world championships for taking yeah. some time off, but he's just falling back in his. Uh, what I guess by now you can call his weak spot is yeah. once if things are not going his way. Because from just from what I've heard, and again, you should be careful with making assumptions, but it sounded like he's the only one that did not start because he basically wanted to save himself for charge himself up for the, the individual and the mass start. And I don't know. I We've talked about that before where he just kind of gives up and just goes on a stroll or but especially with you know not having the rule that that 61 62 can take the place of the mm-hmm. non-starters yeah i i i'm not i don't i don't like it it's just it, uh, it makes me want to celebrate benny dole a little bit more yeah starting out you know in 55th you have no chance and you still give your all and still give your all and get to 15th and it, it matters for nothing right except for the fact that you went out there and you want to compete right there are no world there are no world cup points there's no right it's just and i still think you know jacqueline is at a level that they know their bodies so well that he can go 80 percent. still you know that he's not going to be the last Mm -hmm. crossing the line and it still gives you 20 shots of experience in shooting in this fog in oberhof which you know you you just can't practice like a real race environment other yeah. than doing a race. So I I mean, maybe he is a bit sick and maybe he's low on energy. So I, again, I don't want to assume anything, but I just find it hard not to see the benefits of still racing. Like I said, maybe not full out to, to conserve some energy, but at least having that shooting experience and, and uh, just being out there in the crowd. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't re- really relate to that. I, I think I'm more of a dull personality where, you know, yeah. maybe then I would suck in the individual and people say, oh, he should have set out the pursuit because he couldn't win anyway. But I don't know. Like at that at that level, isn't it sort of your obligation to give your all no matter what? That, that's how I see it. But I mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just think that like, and I don't. I have no empirical evidence. And I and I maybe someone will dig into the stats. But I just think you look at like a Forcad or a Bjorn Dalen and say like if they had finished, they had set a really bad sprint and they finished like in 
31st, like they still would have lined up and started the pursuit. Yeah, they saw it as a challenge. Yeah, it's like, all right, let's see what I can do. And then, and you know, it's I think it's different if you just skip a whole World Cup mm-hmm. when you announce in advance, okay, I'm I'm going to sit this one out. Yes, because then yeah. you know it doesn't affect any other athletes. It, um, but at a really World Championship me. like this, where you know, you, yeah, he's earned his spot in the pursuit. Like I'm not taking that away from him at all. Yeah. But um, if you're done choosing not to believe or to use it, it uh, that's just me. But well, you're not alone. <laughs> um. On a on a lighter note, you're gonna have to help me with his name, and, Andres the Latvian. Rastergulius. Yes. Anyway, uh, he he had a nice uh, a nice tumble in the snow. He looked like a, he did a little Superman dive into the into the snow. Uh, <laughs> he was fine, right? He still ended up in the top ten. So I just had a nice yeah. little giggle when he did it, but you know, makes you real. I I, I don't know exactly if I even believe it. Um, the announcers were talking about some stretches that the athletes reach 80 kilometers an hour. Whoa. That, that seemed really high to me. Um, but like I, yeah, even if it's 60, you know, considering you're on what four or five centimeters of skis combined. I'm surprised people aren't falling more often. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, at least it's not icy right now, but, and, and I guess the downhill, section in Oberhof is not the most technically complicated, but still at those yeah. speeds. Yeah. Um, I should have mentioned this during the women's pursuit and I don't know that I mentioned it earlier, but, but Julia Simone had a perfect race today. I, it's funny cause I just wrote down her name cause we, we, yeah, we're not even mentioning her because we're now starting to get used to it. But yeah, she, she had an awesome race. Yeah. I feel like she's, yeah, it was just, she was amazing. Like, right. She yeah. started a minute and two seconds behind and ended up winning. And, and uh, especially like how she bound, how she has been bouncing back after a setback oh, this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, cause that's, you know, kind of new for her mm-hmm. or, or maybe, maybe it's more that I expect her to kind of fall back in her old issues where, you know, it's kind of up and then it's kind of down for a yeah. while. Yeah. And now she has one race where it's not working out. And then the next race, she's right back up. There, right so. back. Right, yeah. and she had, she had the, uh, wasn't it Antol- Antholtz? She wasn't as good, right? She kind of had a little dip, and then she mm. comes out and she had a great leg in the relay, and then won the race today. And it's like, she looks like one of the best in the world, and that's yeah. why she's wearing the yellow jersey. Yeah, and, and like you said, to the point where it's, <laughs> we didn't even mention it. We went through all what I don't know how far we are into this, but we didn't even mention a, a thing about her because she that's just true. has been doing that for the entire season but yeah any other things that uh stood out or need to be mentioned i that is sure we're forgetting a lot but i'm sure we're forgetting a lot that was everything on my list in that i that i definitely wanted to make sure i'm sure there are a lot of people out there i've got lots of people who are having really great you know career or near career best finishes and just don't have time to mention everybody yeah big question i had for you before we leave though if you're ready for it Mm-hmm. Who is on your Norwegian women's relay team right now? Mm. Obviously, Roisland and, and Tangible, those are two easy ones. And then you've basically got uh, Knoten, Fem Steinebeck, um, the new woman whose name... Uh, Arnevik. Yes. Uh, and then, Arne Clive, sorry. Yep. And then 
uh, lead are the other four choices? Hmm. I don't have all the results like in front of me, but I would mm-hmm. I'm, I would lean towards because I mean they have a good team, but it's not like they're you know the favorites. Mm-hmm. So I think with Arna Clive just being there and performing well so far, mm-hmm. I would give her a chance just yeah. to, even just for the experience. Um, the fourth, I would just kind of look at the results. I don't know. I, I, I was lean was very quick. I think in one of the races. Mm-hmm. Oh, very fast, yeah. Um, and I, I think from what I've re- remembered, the other three, the shooting hasn't been great yeah. for all of them. But I, I, again, I, I would have to check that. But um, yeah. So right now, basically, lean is very fast in a wild shooter. Connaughton is a very good shooter and very slow, and then. Femsteinovec is somewhere in between. Hmm. I think I would go with Lean and uh, and yeah. Arniclive. Yeah, just just kind of that you know high risk high reward. Yeah, go for the win type of thing and have fast gear and then if you know the shots happen to fall, then yeah, you might be going for the podium. Yeah, but no, I think that's yeah. Go go for the go for the win, right? Don't go for bronze. Yeah. But who would you put on the men's team? Yeah, well, that's actually you. You joke, but it's actually a difficult question, right? I mean, like you have to put JT Bow on the grind, and then you got to put Taria in there. What if what he's shown so far? Yeah, and then how do you? Well, how do you break up Christensen in that and team? Dalla? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I would probably leave it as is. They haven't lost yet, so don't don't mess with the winning and who strategy. Who do you put on the fourth? Um, I. Nah, that's another good question, right? Because if you put, <laughs> I don't know. Do you want JT Bo to actually have to do something, or do you want him to get to cruise? Because if you put him in fourth, then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then he might not have anything to do. Well, and it's funny because I think um, they were saying on the Extra Runde German podcast that the, um, I think it was Samuelson who had said that he was surprised the last time they raced when Bo was on the fourth. Mm-hmm. Because cause if it came to man to man, he'd rather have Bo than um, Christensen. Yeah, maybe because Christensen is just a cooler, cool, cooler headed shooter. And Christensen and, was such a killer last year in that. And Bo's not a sprinter, right? Like yeah. when it comes down to the end sprint, although yeah. typically it doesn't because he's ahead. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, well, we've seen. I think you we've can, seen. You can put. You can put them anywhere. Like they can draw yeah. their name out of a hat, <laughs> and you know, I can't see them. Well, there's not there's win, no but. wrong way, right? Because if you put Lagride and and Tar- and JT Bo one two, you're probably going to hand off to Tario Bo with a two minute lead, and you know, there's no pressure on those guys. Or you go the other way around, yeah. and you've got Lagride and and JT Bo is like the the <laughs> two best in the world. Who would you think is going to be the one that has the the bad day? Because no, they seem to always have one. Hundred percent. Oh, I was—I actually wrote down that Legrite seems like the Legrite from his first season again. Oh, like I only said that because he the last couple of realized he's had yeah, rough, rough. Fair run. enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, I shouldn't say well, the last well, couple the of mixed relay. He brought him back. Yeah. Mixed relay. He was amazing. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm. Yeah. I don't know. I I think the real bet is is anybody within what did I say twenty five seconds of the Norwegian men. Yeah, well, if you I are, think you're then lucky. You, if you're, you've had yeah. an amazing race, yeah, no kidding. All right, man. 
I think we've covered it all, and we're only halfway yep. done. Still have the individual, the relays, and the mass start. That would be, that could be fun. And in a way, it's nice that there's a bit of a break in between because yeah, it it breaks the flow of the the good ones, maybe, <laughs> or it allows Tari or uh, Johannes Tingen's boat to get really into his form. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's yeah, you know, there's still a few more seconds he could find. Yeah, man, but uh, uh, the individual, such a long day. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's probably my least favorite, but uh, it goes on. It's, it will it's, still be cool. Now I'm so it's actually it's my birthday on Thursday, so I took off. Oh, on, is it? Uh, it is. So I took off on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, to watch the individual races because I didn't want to try to juggle. Um, nice. That's my birthday present to myself. I figured the the single mixed relay doesn't matter if I'm working or not. I still can't follow it, so um, <laughs> it's, it's just bananas. Uh, so I might as well might as well actually go to work that right. day. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Oh, the single mix. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting, though. Like, even though if you have no clue what's going on, <laughs> it's still exciting because <laughs> there's always something happening, right? Well, there is. Because so, well, uh, there's always someone shooting. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't necessarily know what lap they're in or. No. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. It, it, those laps. I'm looking so forward short. to that for the IBU Cup in Camor because I think there's a Mass Start 60. Yes, line, that's, right? yes, yeah. So, so that'll be the I'm, first I'm, race. The first race. Yeah. Uh, that that well, I shouldn't say the first race. It's the first one that I'll be there for. All right, man. Have a have a good week. You as and, well. Uh, we'll um, well we'll be in touch. But we'll catch up. Yeah. Uh, for the next next weekend. That sounds good. Okay, All right, everybody. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.